again. But a first step to blessing others is to learn to die to self. Just in case it wasn't obvious to everyone, when we talk about dying to self, it does not mean suicide, okay? It doesn't mean you go crucify um, yourself literally when the Bible says, I crucify uh, my flesh and the affections there. But it reminds me of um, um, the girl that panicked after a sermon and said, uh, when after the preacher said, you know, we need to not be stagnant, we need to be on fire for the Lord. And she's like, I don't want to be on fire! Okay, so sometimes children take things a little bit literally, okay? and that's good. We do teach people to take the Bible literally um, when it's obvious, when the common sense, the plain sense uh, makes the common sense, you know, you take that literally, but there's some things that are used figuratively, and dying itself is one of those. It doesn't mean we go kill ourselves, okay? It means um, we learn to one, to not be easily stirred up, not quick to wrath, not quick to anger, that we're willing to die to the situation, um, to learn not to be too sensitive about matters. Um, that, you know what the Bible, as the Bible says in verse 26, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. And so, not everyone is going to speak well of you when you're doing that which is right. You know, when you're doing that which pleases God, not everybody is going to have rosy things to say to you. And that's okay. The Bible warns that woe is you if everybody speaks well of you. Now the Bible does talk about how we should have a good report of those that are without that. Even those that are outside of the household of faith, that we should have a good reputation. That we should have good character. But again, if they're all speaking well of us, then woe is unto us. You know, they, the Bible says they spoke greatly of the false prophets. Prophets said, prophesied lies, and, and the people praised them for it. They received their praise, but what was the doing? They say, we're not speaking the truth. And so learn not to be too sensitive. And learn to be able to take insults. When the Bible says, turn me the other cheek, that's talking about receiving an insult. That if someone insults you, turn the, turn the other cheek. Uh, learn not to be reactionary when you receive criticism, whether it's legitimate or not, or anyone receiving insults. Uh, and the Bible is the beginning of this this might be on one tree, offer and also unto him the other. Accidentally be weak that you ever do that when you guys write notes to weak what you meant to what you were planning on saying. I don't know if I lost it or not. I'm just trying to go from memory, okay? So this is gonna be a quotation, um, um, but it's gonna be more of a paraphrase because I don't have it all down. But you know, even those that maybe don't know Christ or understand um, in detail of the salvation that Christ offers us um, by grace through faith. 
Many of the teachings that Jesus has, people in the world end up oftentimes seeing the wisdom that Jesus taught. Uh, and just this past week, um, Elon Musk um, said that he used to think it was foolish what Jesus said as far as um, turning the other cheek, but only to learn that he was so fool and not understanding that profound wisdom of the dying of self, to, to turn the other cheek, to, to not respond to every insult that is given. Learn to die to temptation, to not give in to the lust of the flesh, and so before we are going to be able to bless other people, we got to learn to die to self. And once we get to that, get to that, then it will open opportunities to be able to be a blessing to other people. You know, in Luke 6.31, Jesus said, And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. This is what many have termed the golden rule. Now, the Bible doesn't say, hey, this is the golden rule. But, as we read, I think that's pretty golden. You know, and to do unto others is he would that they would do unto you. And the Bible teaches us to treat others how we wish other people would treat us. Not necessarily how they are treating. Okay, some have accused Jesus of borrowing this idea of the golden rule from Eastern religions. Um, however, the, the texts of Confucianism, Hinduism, and Buddhism were all written between 500 and 400 BC um, at the earliest. Jesus takes the golden rule from Leviticus, uh, written about 1450 BC. So, Jesus' source for the golden rule predates them all. So, really, you borrow from you. Now, Leviticus 19.18 says, Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. And, and so we're to love our neighbor as ourself. You know, Jesus talked about the whole law and the prophets really rest on two commandments. To love the Lord thy God um, of all your being, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay? As you nurture yourself, as, as you take care of yourself, as you enjoy the pleasures you enjoy in life, you know what? Love others the way you love yourself. And so you know what? Jesus, Golden Grove, really stands out from the other religions. You know, there, there's, there's a little bit of a distinction, um, so much so that some have even called what Jesus said is the golden rule, and some of what these others have said is a silver rule. Um, Confucianism said it's do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. See, it's a little bit of a difference, okay? Jesus said, do unto others as you would them do unto you. He said, do not do to others what you do not want to do to you. Hinduism says this, this is the sum of beauty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Buddhism says hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. And so these things are similar to the golden rule, 
but they are stated negatively and in a passive sense. Um, that you know, if someone's um, not, if they say don't do anything unto them, that you don't want them to do to you, which means you know you can be pretty passive. You know, you just don't do anything, um, so to speak. And so the Eastern religions teach refrain from doing, but Jesus' golden rule says to show love proactively. Jesus says to do. The Eastern religions say it's enough to hold your negative behavior in check. Jesus says to take it further by looking for ways to act in a positive way and showing love to your neighbor. The golden rule even involves blessing your enemies. And you'll find quotes here and there amongst different religions where they'll say something similar, but you really won't see it driven by that, of, of, of the teaching of loving your enemies. You're not going to see that in Islam, where, where they have this great teaching on loving your enemies. Jesus said, back in Luke chapter 6, says, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. And so here we see that, okay, we're talking about the power of blessing others. The Bible includes in that those you would consider your enemies. Those that maybe don't like you. People that despise you. People that even may persecute you. Jesus says, bless them. Pray for them. Do good unto them. That you're not there to do unto them as they've done unto you. But you're to do unto them as you would that they would do unto you. As you would desire, as you would wish. You know, if you, somebody will bring up where in the Old Testament it says, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Okay? That was never meant to be on the civilian level as far as me personally against me against you. It's more involving the role of the government. That okay, if someone commits a crime, then you know what? Their punishment should be likewise. It should be equal. That that the kings, they, they, they had the power to exercise the sword, as the Bible says in Romans 13. It wasn't talking about us individually to, all right, we're going to do an eye for an eye. And that's why Jesus says, you know, you have heard that it was written, but I say unto you. Okay, he wasn't contradicting what the Old Testament said. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament. But he's telling them on an individual basis that, you know what, we're to love those that even despitefully um, use us. Romans 12, verses 17 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. That should be our goal, to be able to be at peace with all people, regardless of what their beliefs are, whether they're politically conservative or a liberal, we should seek to be at peace. 
regardless of whatever your religion is. We should be able to try and live in peace with them. This does not mean that we have a unity with them as far as saying all religions teach the same thing. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible talks about we are to mourn against false teachers. That we're supposed to expose that which is wrong. But we should be able to ourselves personally be able to learn to get along with people. Maybe may preach again against the false teachings, the false doctrine. You do that when you love people. You're going to expose that which is wrong. Okay, you know, we'll preach about some of the false doctrines of the Mormon Church, the Jehovah Witness Church, the Roman Catholic Church, because we love people. We want them to know the truth and not to be in bondage. But you know, when you meet the Mormon and the Catholic personality in the community, you can know how to get along with them. Now, some people won't want to get along with you. That's why the Bible says, live peaceably with all men, and if it's possible. Okay? Everything that's in you, you try to do it. Okay? Now, there's some ways in the Middle East, okay, they just want to chop your head off. Okay? Some ways you're probably not going to be able to live peaceably with that. Okay? Okay, so there are things where, you know, maybe there's not going to be that peace, but you do all you can to be in peace um, with them. You know, I've spoken with the, a lot more efficient different locations, okay? On a personal level, and it will, you know, be friendly. Okay, now, preaching, you know, we'll talk about, you know, this is damnable heresies that they're teaching and you know, in person, I ask him questions. You know, I try to ask questions instead of being an accusatory. You go, hey, I've heard this, or I've read this, you know, and have him give an answer. Now, sometimes they don't want to really give you the answer because, you know, you know what they believe, but they kind of try to hide under some of that stuff. Okay, so we want to try and do all we can, you know, with the atheists in the world. Be at peace. You know, we're trying to seek the salvation of their soul, not simply win an argument. Now, they're asking of a reason of the hope that by a victim, the Bible says, be ready to give an answer. Okay? Be ready to give an answer. You know, and sometimes maybe some things are helpful where, you know, maybe you see a well-known um, theologian in the atheist debate. Sure, you know, but all those should be done civilly. Now, sometimes they're not. But, you know, again, we want to be able to live at peace with people. We want to be able to live at peace with our neighbors. We want to go, even as Jesus said, to love your enemies. It says again in Romans 12, going on, it says, There will be beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Power of blessing others. Part of it is overcoming evil with good. And you don't overcome the evil with evil. You overcome it with that which is cool, is good. The Bible talks about how you can heap coals of fire on 
his head. Proverbs 25, verse 21 says, If thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. You know, you've seen in many different cases that, you know, as bad as war is, you've often seen that, you know, when America has maybe shot a missile or bombed an area, that they send food to the civilians. You know, that, that they show, send food to the people there to try and be a blessing to them while they're trying to attack the hostile military. Now, for if thou eat coals of fire upon his head, for thou shalt eat coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. By blessing our enemies, we eat coals of fire upon their head. You know, it, it's a wonder to work on the conscience that you have someone that despitefully use you. Maybe it's someone at work that they just, they despise you, they hate you. Maybe it's just you got a promotion that they wanted and they didn't. You know, give them a Christmas present. You know, be a blessing to them. That this life fully used to. And I used to wonder, you know, is that a motive of just trying to make them feel guilty? Well, you know what? We're not to worry about what's on their conscience. We're just to do that which is right. But it's not just about trying to make them feel guilty. It's about seeing that the goodness come from you, seeing the grace of God come from you, Bring them to repentance, to bring them to turn. You know, there's an ancient Egyptian custom, and the Bible might be referring to this, um, but Egyptian custom is in which when a person wanted to show public um, contraction, um, wanted to show a public repentance, they wanted to show that they were genuinely sorry, sorry, that they were remorseful for a deed that they did, and they wanted to publicly display it. They did that by carrying a pan of hot, burning coals on their head. The coals represented the burning pain of his shame and guilt. And now this wasn't something they were forced to do, this is what something they wanted to let the public know. You know what? I'm ashamed of what I did. You know, when believers lovingly help their enemies, it should bring shame to such people for their hate and animosity. They know you have people that hate you, they're um, just despise you. You know what? You show love to them. That may bring them to repentance. That may turn and bend their heart. And that's what we want to see. Not for them just to wallow in guilt, but to have, maybe there's that guilt because, wow, this person is treating me well when I'm treating them like trash, and then they come to repentance. And maybe they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior because of the lifestyle you've shown to them. Following Christ isn't where we fight fire with fire. But rather we fight hate with the love of Christ. The Lord rewards you when you die to self and bless those who despise you. As Jesus says, what thing have ye if you bless only those who like you? you know, verse 31, again in Luke chapter 6. It says, and as you would 
that we should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For we love them which love you, what they can. For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what they can be. For sinners also do in the same. And if you lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what they can be. For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. And so here Jesus is saying, you know, the sinners, those, those that maybe would be your enemies, okay? They love each other. You know, they're going to love each other. You know, that's why it's politicians, you know, they want, some of them want to give out freebies. Because you know what? You'll love them. You know, you give them freebies. They'll tell you things like, hey, you could have your student loans all wiped away. Why? Midterms are coming. They want to earn your vote. Knowing it's not constitutional and that it wouldn't pass. But they try and wipe them the other party. Say, hey, you know, we wanted to give this to you, but they didn't. Okay? And so people use that for manipulation. And so likewise, you know what? Sinners, they'll love those that love them. But Jesus has called us to a greater love, to even love those that hate us, that despise us, even those that persecute us. You see, Paul and Silas are singing songs of joy while they're in prison for preaching the gospel. They're in chains. Their prisons were not like our jails where they get white video games all day or hang out or whatever. And not, I'm not saying every jail's like that, but I've seen some where it's pretty comfortable. But these were dungeons where they were actually literally locked up in shackles, in dungeons, in caves. It's dark. The only light there might be is a candle that burns out. And they're singing songs of praise. And we see that, you know, Jesus sent an angel and broke up the prison and the shackles, and they were loose. And, and then we saw um, that, that one of the guards was about to kill himself. And they said, hey, no, stop. No. You know what? You progress this? No, we're not going anywhere. You know, they talked in him Jesus. You know, they were free, but they did not leave. They're like, you know, you've got to send us out. But you know, they preached to them Jesus. They had a joy no matter what happened to them. They loved their enemies. It's more blessed to give than to receive. There is pleasure in blessing others. That's Chapter 20, go ahead and turn there, Acts 20. Verse 33. Apostle Paul says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have shown you all things. How that so laboring 
He ought to support the weak. The Paul says, you know what? I can it with my own hands. Uh, even while I'm going around preaching the gospel, you know, I've, done, I've worked with my hands. You know, I haven't coveted any man's gold or silver. You know, I'm not trying to receive from them. I'm giving, I'm spending for you. And that we've taught as an example that we would labor so that he ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Somewhere along, Paul heard this teaching from Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we know that's true. You know, you get more fulfillment out of serving others than you do just serving yourself. And just doing the things that give you pleasure. And you get more pleasure out of when you're doing things for others. That's why many times um, therapists will talk about, you know, those that are struggling in stuff um, with depression or um, whatever it may be, they're just having to struggle. Each of them, go find people in the community you can serve. Go find someone that you can be a blessing to. Someone you can help. There's something like, how's that going to help? It's like, just go do it. Go do it and find out. And then people find a renewed purpose, a renewed um, joy about it. Reminds me of this other psychologist um, who this um, couple um, was coming in, wanted to get counseling, and 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 the, and the lady um, starts speaking out that I just, I just don't know what to do. You know, he just. He gets angry and, and he just keeps on going off about things and then, and then we fight. And I just want to get up. I just want to get over. And so so the guy says, you know what? Drink some water and he keeps some water in your mouth. And he says, just swish it around um, for a few minutes. Keep swishing it around until he stops. So like, okay, whatever. And so she started doing it. Started doing that, and you know what? The, the arguments didn't really go And so she came back and goes, "What is it? What is it with the water? Like, how how does it do that?" He goes, "Oh, well, it's just it's nothing really in the water. It's just it helps you keep your mouth shut, and so it doesn't keep it going." And so, how often you know that's the arguments? You know, the Bible says, "Only by pride come of contention." Only by pride come of contention. And that's where oftentimes we're going to take to put it to stop someone to be humble. To humble yourself. It's more blessed to give than to receive. As Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you. He said, given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And so often, you know, you'll hear this verse applied, talking about, you know what, giving an offering. You know, I have an offering, and you know what preachers will say, you know what, you give, and you know what, God um, will give back um, in different ways, in mysterious ways. And that application would be true, 
But the context of this is much, much deeper than that. Way deeper than that. And it's not really, it's main application, it's not really financial. You know, let's go ahead and go back to the context. Um, and, and as we've been reading, you know, we've been talking about loving your enemies. You know what, Lenny, hoping for nothing again. That you know what, that you let someone borrow something and they didn't give it back to you. But I was like, no, don't expect it back. Okay? No, don't don't harbor this bitterness against them. Just let it go. And 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 it, and it says in verse 37, judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, first down and shaken together, and running. Uh, uh, over shall make giving to your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And so the context here is that you reap what you sow. Okay? And that we want to do greater than what other people are sowing in our life. Okay? We want to bless those that persecute us. You know, we want to give to those that uh, maybe are in need. But it says that, you know what? Judge not, and you shall not be judged. That if you're going to be the type that's constantly critical and judging others, you're going to be receiving judgment. You're going to be being criticized. If you're not the type that forgives other people, very little people are going to be willing to forgive you. And so that's the context, you know, that what you give is what you're going to get back. And so the importance of, of um, sowing um, in, in anticipation of what we would read. Uh, and so the first is talking specifically only about financially, but again, way deeper. It's about sowing what you reap, or reaping what you sow. The power of reaping is sowing. Go ahead and turn to Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. And so again, talking about the law of sowing and reaping. You know, the world maybe wants to call it karma. You know, the Bible talks about it. It's sowing and reaping. That you're going to reap what you sow. And what you put into it is what you're going to get out to it. And you'll reap proportionate to your sowing. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You know, you only sow a little bit into it. That's what you're going to reap. You only... So a little bit of love into the life of others, you're going to receive very little. You sow anger in people, you're just going to receive anger back. You know, we reap what we sow. And so there's the power of blessing others. 
Now, when you bless them, there's going to be this power where you are going to be blessed back. You know, and Jesus even took it a step further. That he talks about even doing your alms, not before men, not to be seen of men. But to sometimes do those things in secret. That your Father, which is in heaven, sees and shall reward thee openly. Now, you know, you're trying to be a blessing to somebody that maybe you see is in you're trying to do it secret. You're not doing it to be seen of men. Now, it just doesn't mean that you never could do things that people see. And, you know, Jesus also said, let your words shine before men. Let men see your words. Let them see. And so, you know, so say you're going out in the community um, picking up trash or whatever. And you don't need to try to put on some kind of invisible suit so no one knows you're doing it. No. You know, maybe even you know where it's Easter that you know it has the church name on it. You know what people see and you know it being a blessing. But yet you're not doing that to be seen of me. It's the motive. It's the heart of you. It doesn't mean people can't ever see you. Okay? It doesn't mean you know you can't give a gift to someone and they know it was from you. Okay? But you're not doing it for everybody else to see. To make a big deal about it. God will reward the when we do things not to be seen of men. There's a delight in reaping blessings by reaping the benefit of having been a blessing to other people. Those we remember in history with delight are those who have served others. Those who were tyrants who served their own interests, we don't think kindly of them. But those that have given their life, those that have served in different good causes, we remember their names. Matthew 23, 11 says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. May that be our heart. Not to be great, but to be a servant. And God will lift up as he sees God will bring down the proud, but he'll live up the humble. And so there is great power in blessing others. And may we as a church, you know what the Bible says, especially of the household of faith, let's seek to bless others. Maybe think it's a challenge this month. Maybe think of someone in the church that you could be a blessing to. Now maybe it's someone you haven't seen in a while. But maybe they're down, maybe they're discouraged. Maybe they're mad at the preacher, who knows? Okay? <laughs> you can be one that finds out, maybe. Well, you know, it's been, I'll go on, I'll go with all these of people that haven't been here for a while. And that'll mean something to people. Okay? They let people know when the pastor hasn't came by, okay? But you know what? It's taking things to another level when it's someone that's not the pastor. It's a phone call. Because, hey, you know, brother or sister, you know, I haven't seen you. Are you doing okay? Have you been sick? You know, I've been praying for you. And stuff. That takes things that means something more than just when a pastor does it. People think that's just a pastor's job. He's a shepherd. He's a care for this sheep. But when we care for one another, it takes it to get to their life. To see how you can bless others in the household of but also see how you can bless your enemies, how you can bless those outside in the community, and see 
God bring blessing to your life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just um, pray, Lord, that you help us to be a blessing to other people. To help us to seek, to seek your face. Pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to opportunities that come our way. We just pray, Lord, that we would take those opportunities. So often we'll pray for opportunities and you'll give us opportunities and we just don't think of going through that door. But for this time of invitation, as the music begins to play, just pray, Lord, that we humble ourselves and that we're not doing it to see what we can get out of it. But you have proven that it's more blessed to give than to, be, than to receive. That it's a blessing to be a blessing to others. And that in a sense we receive that greater blessing when we're blessing others. We just pray, Lord, that you would use that in Jesus' name. Amen. The music can go ahead and play for time of invitation themselves for church membership. Now, maybe a little bit longer. I actually visited a couple of um, years ago. I know our church kind of needs some help. And, um, and so we kind of were looking around for church and came back. He's like, you know what? Church needs help. You know, maybe we could be that help. You know, we could be a blessing. I appreciate that part of that spirit. And, uh, and um, um, Paul. This church, okay, I don't want to say years ago, okay? It's better to say as a child, right? Uh, as a child, she was saved and baptized in this church. And um, she was a brother, he got married in the church and stuff as well. And, and so from there, and they moved and, and, and they came, came back recently. And uh, you want to share this? I was saved a long time ago. Uh, 